Welcome back to Fly Over Territory Podcast, fresh off a, I'd say, eventful, uh, definitely cold, Yep. Uh, but rather enjoyable, almost perfect, uh, near perfect, <laughs> outing at good old Target Field. Uh, yeah, we're back and uh, ready to recap what just happened on, might be a Twins day off, but it's not a day off for, uh, for, for us. Woody, I was thinking about this. I have been to... A third of the Minnesota Twins games so far. You have. I have. The so, bookends, well, too. The first and the last, most yeah. recent. Yeah. So, you know, we're coming at this from a degree of uh, we have been there in person. We can really speak to a lot of that, So, <laughs> which I think is more than we've been to in the last couple of years. So, uh, yeah, we're two and four. We are sitting at the close of a tough two-game stretch against the Dodgers. And like you mentioned, we saw baseball immortality and maybe one of the last of his kind, Clayton Kershaw, dealing on a cold, cold early April day in which I think you said the high that we saw was like 41, 42 like coming into the gate. Yeah, it was it was rough. The the high for the day had already happened before he even got there. My it was a 12-10 first pitch too, so yeah. this is this is not looking good. Uh, we didn't see sun. That was like an hour, like 26 of like 48 consecutive hours without yeah. sun, and it was the, man, the, it just rained. The Ugh. best part is I I caught a little bit of the Dodgers game today, so we're podcasting here on the 14th Thursday evening, and I was listening to the Dodgers game. It was like a nine o'clock start, and they were kind of recapping the Minnesota series to an extent. They kind of they they stayed away from the Dodgers announcers giving any kind of uh, statements about what they thought should have been done with Kershaw's no-no slash perfect game going into the seventh with just 80 pitches. But they did say, like, and then Minnesota, good thing we got those two games in because the next day it had a wind chill of 18. <laughs> and you're like, as we saw, I think it was, like, 40-mile-an-hour winds today oh. coming through with snow drifts, like, flying horizontally. So a good time for the Twins to take off. So like we had said, this is a club that is two and 2-4 gutted out a really unimpressive series against the Mariners, but found themselves 2-2, two and two, coming into uh, a whole brief two-game stint against the Dodgers, which we saw them drop two, both on, like, brutal days, brutal conditions, like not baseball weather. And now the Twins head out for a 1 o'clock game tomorrow against the Red Sox, followed by they got a four-game set against the Red Sox, carrying them to Monday, and then they get to head to Kansas City, Four three so two and four Woody next seven games are against the Red Sox and the Royals. I think I I I like this as like the tagline for this entire episode, and I'll I'll throw it over to you because you texted this to me, and I just thought this was wonderful as I open up this first pack of 2022 Tops Heritage Baseball. Because in case we didn't mention, we still want to do a little bit of a baseball card angle to the flyover territory podcast but hit us with that quote woody for what you said about early april season series i believe the uh the quote was there aren't must win series in april but there are can't lose ones (laughs) and we just experienced i I, about as close to a can't lose series as as we as we saw uh and maybe homestead is probably a better kind of summary but we're coming up on I mean, if you want to be generous and say, hey, it's Boston, the allure of Boston, uh, maybe don't on the road, first road games of the year, it might be a little weird. I could maybe give you that one, but then the the back end of that when we go to Kansas City, that for sure, sticking to the quote, it's not a must-win series, but it's definitely it. We can't lose that series. Yeah, this is this is a 3-3 three and three Red Sox team. Um, a not, and a not good one with a bunch of like issues in, in like internally. Bogart's endeavors and they're just pissing him off and like JD Martinez still they're trotting him out for some reason 
And so, like, yeah, I, again, if you want to be generous, sure, I'll, I'll give you this one because it is April. But, like, realistically, this is a also can't lose. Yeah, and this this is just kind of like as we set the tone for this week against the Mariners, I think looking back at that series, that Mariners team, I wasn't actually that impressed with them offensively. Like, as much as, as we'd like to see, like, Julio Rodriguez be a big deal or Kellenic like, figure it out, it seems to be like they still have a lot of growing pains to go through. Mitch Hanniger is a beast. But then Iwahino Suarez is going to strike out 200-plus times, which, I, I you know, they're it's an, it's an interesting club. I think they had, like, one of those, like, they had no offense last year and had no business winning all the games that they did. Missed the playoffs by one, but still are kind of odds-on favorite to win the West. In the AL? I mean, as te- technically, yeah. Bomb today for yeah. the Angels. It's technically, I, yeah, I think it's what the consensus at this point is. If if Shrout figures it out and can carry a team finally, they're in they're in the mix. The Rangers did some nice things, but, like, with nobody you believe in. Yeah. It's like all guys that are like, hey, you know, Seager's obviously a really nice player, but, I mean, I don't know if he justifies the money. So, yeah, it's yeah. odds on it, for sure. Yeah. And Robbie Ray at the top of the rotation certainly yep. – pitched like a front of the starter front of the rotation starter and the twins couldn't get anything going against him in that first game so all that to say is like mariners are a plus average team you know with aspirations to contend for a divisional title the dodgers are clearly like consensusly on paper and and have shown that and showed that here in the twin cities one of the best teams in baseball if not the best teams in baseball so really tough like stretch at home but again you get through that Mariners series and the the toughest kicker is for that Mariners season what he is like that series the twins seem to come alive in the way that we had hoped they would or like if this team's going to win games they've got to hit six bombs each game and they hit six bombs in that game and one this would have been the third game in the series correct and then yes, yeah took care of business in the fourth game with pushing a co- across a couple runs, getting a great start out of uh, Dylan Bundy. Not a great start, but a, the, the kind of start and performance that you need to win that game. So you kind of had this mixed feeling of like, okay, they might have something. There's some positivity. And I just feel like for me, all of that was just washed out completely, mostly by watching this team in person against the Dodgers, which – we, we we've recapped like how many hams we had before which wasn't to the point where we could not find our way to our seats and we were still very cognizant of the fact that hey there's a future hall of famer clayton kershaw and dealing but i feel like we looked up in the fourth and it was like holy crap we don't have a hit yet and, and there was like no at bat that was of any note or value for that entire twins lineup which did not include carlos correa which we can get to at a later point but that's that so for me woody i was like once we left Target Field, it was kind of like, ha, this team might be as bad as we thought, which gets us into like, okay, so if you're going to turn that narrative around, you got to do it quick. Yeah, I. that was a, a good point about like watching a team live and watch a team on TV. Because on TV, you're going to have the announcers, you know, Morneau for us as a color guy, at least for these first two series. They're going to kind of soften the blow a little bit. They're going to kind of bring up different things that uh, are going to distract you kind of from like yeah. the real yeah. – like focus of what's going on and i thought like when you're there you're just there with like sounds of the park and i i believe i said it at least three times and all in probably different locations of the ballpark weirdly enough <laughs> where i was like not only have we not gotten a hit off him we're not even close yeah. like it well, it was one of those things where it's like i i get and we again have pre-pod hammered out how much just kind of how angry we were that that kershaw gets pulled after seven but like watching him for those seven innings was incredible. Yeah, like yeah. it's I I haven't seen anything obviously like in person. There's only been 23 perfect games. Even though hitters are, are tough to see in person, it it drew flashbacks to I was at the ballpark, the first Twins home playoff game at Target Field. Roy Halladay threw the perfect game or no hitter, might be a no hitter for the Phillies, and like that playoff series or playoff stretch or whatever. And I believe that was 2010. And I remember, like, we were watching the last innings of that game in Target Field, waiting for our game to start. And I was like, "That's the only thing I have like close to like remembering it." But Kershaw was—it was incredible. Where it's like great for Kershaw, but also like 
Again, they struck out 13 and 13. 7. Yep. Like, <clears throat> these strikeouts were not like, oh, man, he battled and then, like, just a great pitch by the pitcher. Yeah. Plenty of great pitches. Swings and misses that, like, well, if they're paying this guy $5 million to do that, like, we can go out and do that for yeah. half. It was yeah. just, it was embarrassing. And that's, this, like, reminds me, I, I had the, the, my phone up video on to record for you know you're just like sitting there and you're like oh shoot i should take like at least something to remember these seats or where we were sitting and i and i was i remember i i've got it on the phone too what he was like being that was a nick gordon at bat where it's just like good morning good afternoon and good night was this the one just that like, he uh took strike three looking <laughs> yes or he's just like he like he watching back the replay like later that night he like takes it looking he kind of for like half a second is like no way that's a strike and then he like does like the quick spin around thing it's like actually i, mean, <laughs> I, was, I wasn't gonna around, yeah yeah i was i was i wasn't gonna swing yeah back to the back strike and, and this is you know i i'm glad you got it like 13 k's because that was the other part it was just like and we, we had we had good company so we were we were talking and kind of you know, admittedly, it's like we're here in the ballpark. We're we've got we're here with friends, family. We're we're having a good time, enjoying all of that. And then like just to look up and just be like, huh. There was also the the fact that what did the Dodgers poured in three in the first or two in the first against Chris three Paddock, three right away, like, yeah, and oh, like hard hits. <laughs> and, and we were everything was hit hard, yeah. and we were kind of yeah. Nick Gordon made a diving catch, I think, in the first to yeah. to Which save a couple runs on, on TV was way closer than it looked in person. By the way, yeah, that thing was like. If you told me it bounced, I wouldn't necessarily like disagree with you. 100%. I feel like the other nice part about like who we went with is we went with our friend Will, and he, we were kind of like having to. Who's not a big baseball fan? Who's just like more than happy to go with you to an event like this? And but you're like trying to explain Chris Paddock and the lack of enthusiasm for like. So then Will, I don't know if he cut through at one point in time. So he's like, so he's not that good. And you're like, well. Yeah, well, <laughs> and then the uh, the Dave Wood, yeah, I'll fit right in then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we we had like so I feel like we laid out the entire kind of like here's what you can expect from this game, and it was exactly kind of worst case scenario for for Paddock. Although I will say he got through a messy four innings, uh, limited damage, and put you know what what would be as we've talked about like how this team is supposed to win games is to get on base or at least hit the ball out of the park and nobody could touch anything so paddock's final line is four innings six hits three runs all of them earned three strikeouts which for me that the most disappointing thing about this like dodgers series was sure we got like wiped out by kershaw but they also failed to get huge runs across the night before time and time and time again as Chris Archer seemed to go out there and give a shit about pitching and winning a baseball game. And maybe was Archer's the last start against the Mariners though? Do I have that? No, he, he opened he, the Dodgers well, game. Opened the Dodgers yeah, game. Yep. Went for was bouncing around on the mound, gave them a shot to win. Uh it was crazy weather day, so it was like there was a couple moments where like twins push one across here in the fifth with a runner on third and one down. Like, we win if they can get through this and preserve that. Now, the game was actually finished up, like, two hours, three hours later, which neither here nor there. But it just – that was kind of, like, the tough thing to watch. Opportunity after opportunity for Buxton, for Correa, for Arias, like, just not pan out. And you're kind of like, well, shouldn't Carlos Correa be able to push a ball to the right side of the infield to score a run or, like, hit a ball into the – outfield somewhere to get that crucial run when you need it to win a game so that it was like the letdown of that game magnified by just the complete ineptness of this lineup which they threw Larnick into this they they had Celestino playing center field with Gordon playing left and I'll be the biggest Gordon defender on this podcast but it was just kind of like okay so what are you possibly getting me to be excited about as we roll into this Boston series? So, no, yeah, it. What what really did it in for us? I thought not, like, definitively, but just kind of like hindsight wise, like looking back, where everything becomes twenty twenty, everything's significantly more like linear. That rain delay after we had just gotten rocked in the eighth on the game one. Uh, yeah. So so you know was that Tuesday night. Like you said, Archer comes out, four innings great, it's 0-0, and then finally in the fifth inning, 
Uh, Dodgers get on the board. Then we tie it in the bottom of the fifth. And then we get to the top of the eighth. It's been rain on and off rain, big heavy stuff coming later. And they just poured on. I think they scored, yeah, all six of their other seven runs in that eighth. Just no way we're, we're coming back. And like it, it, It's 7-1. We get a rain delay. And it's just like I, we play tomorrow at 12-10. Like very easily could have said, you guys have played five. I, we, we'd like to get you to the bottom of the eighth if we can. But, like, you guys are also down six. Do you really want to use a bullpen arm for this? Um, like there's a lot of like reason, like logically, so non sports logic, but just logically, like just just get out of here. And then we roll into that game, and I didn't look at the lineups until we got there. Not really like unintentionally or anything. I just kind of just didn't peek, just assuming certain guys would play. And then yeah, Buxton leading off great, but then you just roll into like like you said, it's like Gordon Celestino, uh, you know Sanchez catching again, which again I think was part of the kind of the plan but you know we've we just didn't have no Correa like Arise playing second Planco at short like we're just like screwing around with that as a weird ad starts playing uh like why are like why are we fucking around with Planco at short he's the second baseman keep yeah. him there we brought our shell in because he could play both if, there, or if we're gonna mess around with a guy put her shell at short because he can do it it's clearly just a spot kind of thing Arise to third. Like, yeah. it, it is just one of those weird things where it's like, hey, Arise and go play second. Sure. On the off day, Polanco needs or whatever. Hey, we're DH and Polanco. Whatever, right? I totally get the he doesn't need to play 162 games in the field thing. But, like, it's just it just felt like such a classic, like, what we've gotten like used to knowing the Twins of, like, we don't have any reason or justification yeah. for what we're doing. We're just kind of doing stuff. And we're just like, let's hope this works. And that's what was kind of, like, irritating. Just nine, four first pitch before we knew that, you know, Kershaw was going to throw seven perfect. It was just like, we're just we're just coming out here seeing if something's going to work. And like, we're be, not even doing anything. Uh, this is reminding me, like, how many times did the Twins put together the same lineup last year? Well, I, I recall this being kind of like you look back and you're like, that's not a great sign yeah. if you're not able to put the same lineup on the field, you know, 15 times over the course of the season. You know, that's, that's indicating you had some injury issues. Uh you had stuff going on as we have our back first backward cards there to uh, leave that hit later. But that's, that's ringing a bell from like, a, a, do we want to use the term alarm bell right away? But like you and I were texting, you were kind of like, great, you know, <laughs> what lineup are we going to see right now too? And, and this is, I think it's a great point in time to kind of say six game sample size, obviously way too early to make anything, but also like we know what we have here and an O. For 19, 23 plate appearances for Mr. Miguel Sano. 19 at-bats. He's got the three walks, nine Ks, and a big zero for hits. Gary Sanchez, the other uh, culprit here, has four hits, hitting 222 with a nice OPS with the grand slam in there as well, but he's got nine Ks. Buxton, 10 Ks with his line being 25 plate appearances, five hits, five runs, a couple doubles, three home runs, one stolen base. I mean, and and it's like Buxton and Rise are the only two that I'm looking at, you know, across the board that have any, like, sustained level of success so far this season. So Sano's line and Kirloff as well, one for for 17 in terms of his at-bats. And it's just – and he's on the IL, so that's that's a – is there someone else going on? Maybe. But it's just like, woof, outside of one game in the Mariners series, this lineup hasn't done anything, which is, a, again, immediate kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of, to me, an alarm bell of like, this is a horrible, horrible start at home. No, yeah, it's... It just feels really early to be going into the excuse book kind of thing. Like, that, that's like, don't get me wrong, like 162 games, you got six months. You're going to have to go hit that book up and flip some pages and get to like chapter seven and uh, what's well, on page uh, 112 today. And it, like, don't get me wrong, you have to like dig around for that stuff. So that's that's just part of it. But like, how could you not play six games in a row? Like for Car- you know Carlos Correa, and it's just a. Again, it's like, oh, it's a dress day, and we, we were talking a little bit of this with related to Kershaw, although not necessarily like 
same thing where it's like you guys claim to have all this like whether it's tech whether it's the best in medicine whether you know uh, recovery all that stuff yet we're going backwards in terms of how players are going like oh they don't need to do as much as they used to and it's like i don't know like sure if you have a suit like we we're not deep we have like a cool starting nine but like we have when we start having to go to like Warner pinch hitting uh we have to start going to like Nick Gordon playing out of position. He started two games of the six. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't even get the same outfield for the first six games of the season. Yep. And again, they're like, well, we were supposed to have an off day. It was supposed to be a Thursday, Friday off. Set. It's like I don't care. Like six games in seven days, six games in six days. It it doesn't it doesn't like that doesn't do anything for me. Uh, Celestino in center, Buxton DHing. Like okay, it and maybe that was the the debate there was like whose bat do we want do we want buxton's bat who again was raking had what three home runs and three at bats at one point yep I, I think he has two doubles on the season already so yeah I, I i think just statistically so far at home buxton's had a better bat than than correa but like i i just don't get like why we're doing this now everyone's like it's early you want to do us like we have 28 players man like i don't even care if you pull them like the I get you know, it's kind of the same thing where it's like Boston gets pulled for that last at bat. They go Larnick, like lefty righty kind of thing, whatever. Sure, but like at least give let's let's start off with like at least trying to like entertain the idea of winning a game. Yeah, and yeah. that was like that's going back again to the point we made like you know a little bit ago where it's like game six we're already sending out a lineup of like eh white flag like let's get on the plane get a rest yeah. day and let's yep. get two rest days yeah. for some guys and play Boston and it's like Ugh. I I don't know if we're a team that can be throwing games away like that. Like oh oh like the dumb coachism or whatever you want to call it where it's like a win is a win whether it's in April or September and if we're gonna be kicking ourselves like man if I really wish we just had like you know we're, we're three and a half back instead of five and a half back and just make it a lot easier it's like yeah. well we we who knows Kershaw might have thrown an, a perfect seven innings against with Correa and all those guys in two but at least let's find out yeah like, don't I, don't wave the flag I, I love this point about like well at least like try to win a game try try to show to your fan base at home who's willing to show up or willing to tune in to this and that's where it's again just so disappointing and i'm looking now woody a little bit every single one of the six guys that are going to be vying for those five rotation or maybe six rotation spots gave you what we thought they would give you all right let's go down the line you got two guys pitched five innings that's over and bundy Ober was responsible for four earned runs. They still won that game. Bundy didn't give up a single run, but both these guys, you know, and Bundy had a one-hitter through five innings. Now, it wasn't a pretty one-hitter, but Dylan Bundy got you there. You got four and a two-thirds out of Sonny Gray. You got four innings out of Joe Ryan, who looked completely overmatched in that first that first game. He got oh. a couple big plays behind him in the infield where, you know, that first inning, I don't know if you saw that, like, was it the first or second at-bat where – was it Hanniger who drove one right into the base and it just happened to pop up the snow yeah, 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 and yeah. snow happened to be able to move himself to the base in time to barely beat him out or else that could have been like a whole disaster. Cause you got four from Joe Ryan, you got four from Chris Paddock and you got four incredible life affirming innings from Chris Archer at the age of 33. I just like a huge shout out that outside of the three back-to-back home runs for Buxton and like a couple incredible catches already too just like running balls down the gap like i wish every team had a byron buxton like i I wish that for every single baseball team to have a player that excites like that guy can but the other like high point for me this whole entire stretch was chris archer's four innings mostly because the guy's like short sleeve and buttoned down to like halfway down his chest and it's like 30 degrees out and he's still just dancing around so i i I'm looking forward to the next time Chris Archer gets the ball. But like I said, Woody, I'm very, like, tremendous amounts of trepidation about this Boston series. And I was just going to pull up who that who the projected starters are for that. But I would imagine it's it's got to be Ober, and we'll see who Boston throws out there. Yeah, I think we're just going, we're just going down the same stretch, right? So it's got to yeah. be, what, Ryan, Gray, Ober, Bundy? Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I great point about Ryan. First game of the year. Again, first game jitters. It's weird sending out. Is Joe Ryan considered a rookie this year? 
technically, right? Right. Because he didn't he didn't hit the qualifier last year. Yeah, I, and I don't. I'm not sure what the qualifier is for pitching, but you know, he had, yeah. We looked at it like 29 innings, yeah, right? I think, he, I think he started like five or six games. Yeah. Um, so your your potential starters are Joe Ryan versus Nick Pavetta, which this this Boston rotation is like a whole nother like I don't understand how they were so good last year like Rod Erod is not like well they just going. collapsed in the back end like <laughs> it was it was like oh my god look at these guys going and then like JP who's a huge Red Sox fan is like you know our starting left fielder is like a single A ball player like <laughs> I don't know what's going on either and he's like I hate him <laughs> it's like uh I, yeah but no it that this Boston team is just so strange in the sense of Again, there's that like weird, and you just get this when you win titles and you win four and what yeah. twenty years or whatever. And it's just like, like oh, it's Boston, it's it's Fenway, it's the monster, it's you know, it it it's never great when you have to start like naming players that no longer play for the team anymore. Of yeah. like describing like the orbit. It's, like, yeah. it's it's Big Poppy, it's Manny, it's Nomar, it's Mookie Betts, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's 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 Pedro and Derek Lowe at the top of the rotation. It's like you haven't named one current player. Everyone is retired on the list, other than Betts, who didn't want to play for your team. Um, but it's like, yeah, now it's like it's Bogarts. Oh. I think is hurt. I don't know if he came back or not. He was hurt in the first game. I yeah. think. I, I think he did come back, and I. But you're also kind of like I think we we from our standpoint too, Woody. How much of this is also then like the Twins seem to put that shit on themselves more than any other club, and that might be just like yeah. the whole entire experience of playing and being absolutely dominated by the Yankees for the last decade and a half, and that somehow like translates to Boston as well by by de facto of being the other big team in the East or big team in baseball, so. That that's what like add to this like oh great we have to be the club that goes and like plays Boston at home but I'm sitting here again I'm looking at the Star Tribune's projected like matchups here it's like Tanner Houck <laughs> taking the um, for Red Sox Michael Waka and oh a Monday 10 a.m. early yeah, game Dylan Bundy versus Rich Hill baseball couldn't get any better I how did that happen <laughs> so it's, it's obviously an 11 10 start out there so is something going on. Like, I don't, I don't get why it's so early. I, I mean, I guess whatever. Ten ten. What what day of the week is that? That's falling? that's a Monday. There's like we don't. They <laughs> they just saw the starting projection pitch. It's like <laughs> we don't want this game I on any how sort many, of like, TV. Weird week. Uh, and I was I was thinking about this too, just from like a standpoint. Sometimes you get those those random like Mondays or like a Wednesday where there's like three teams playing with this schedule and like just how condensed it is we're not going to have any like there's not going to be any break whatsoever which might be the only like legs the argument would be like these guys are ramped up way too quickly and we're seeing this i feel like across the board giolito went down with an abdominal strain right uh lance lynn's down for a while but there's there's like you know and the twins are very much a club that's not going to stretch anybody out like let's in in the wild world of possibility if Sonny Gray was going six and had a no-no perfect game. Like, no chance in hell is he coming out for the seventh because he's not going to come out for the fifth. Or <laughs> You know, so that's like a very – I feel like this Twins clubhouse organized. Like, we would never let our guy get to that. Now, we don't have Clayton Kershaw, and we haven't had a Clayton Kershaw because they don't exist in baseball anymore. Uh, but that's – so, again, I'm kind of like you got everything out of what you thought you needed from this rotation to compete. But the offense failed you. So that is the talking point as we head into Boston for for me about like what are we gonna watch? Are we gonna see this team come to life? This lineup that we don't we 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 haven't seen together collectively do what it was supposed to do outside of Buxton jumping on the first pitches and hitting three home runs and back to back to back at bats. But like you even look at the Buxton stuff though, and this is kind of where you get a little little nervous, right? It's like I mean he's it's not like he's maintaining anything it's and that's where i kind of even get a little i i don't want to say like worried really because i'm not really worried about it but yeah i mean 23 at bats he has five hits uh 10 k's uh he's batting 217 granted it's early small sample size yada 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 obviously that's true at all our as i look in our leading (laughs) our, our leading Highest batting average is Polanco at 238. 
that's what happens when you get a seven eight into perfect ball and whatever. But no, it it's very like you said, it's very very like alarming. So I don't think it's any like it's a cause for concern, but it's nothing like we aren't gonna do anything. Like we're just gonna kind of stand pat, and maybe it's like one of those weird uh, six game stretches where you won a couple games and. You know, it's like, okay, it didn't really go that well. Bats kind of disappeared. But, like like you said, we talked about this, like, uh, two weeks ago. The pitching rotation, how we you're shaping this thing out to be, is a bunch of threes and fours who, yeah. obviously right now they're not going to go six innings, but, like, pretty much ba- is based what we're asking you. Can you go five to six-plus innings? Can you keep it under three runs? Yep. And if it's two runs or less, we got a real good shot. If it's, yep. like, that three to four range – Kind of a coin flip. We're going to win some. We're going to lose some. And then if it's north of five runs there, and we got to start dipping in the bullpen early or just using the bullpen in general, uh, yeah, well, <clears throat> like, it, it's just not going to happen. And, and that's fine. But, like, they, they, they held up their bargain. They did what they're supposed yep. to do. And, again, the, 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 the Ober stuff, it seems out of place. But, again, he was left in that fifth inning because it's like, hey, you didn't have a you, – you started 20 games, but you were 3-3. Three and three, So not a lot of decisions last year. Like, let's get you an easy win because you're up 6 nothing. So he gives up those four runs with a huge cushion. And then it was just like, let's just keep him in there to get him to five innings. So, like, that even looks a little – he did his job for four innings. Yeah. It was just kind of that last inning where it's like, hey, we'd like to get you a decision, but you got to get three outs here. He's like, on it, four runs later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. This is the other piece. Like, you know, so I I said, like, my, my two big things that, like, high points to this. A low point, which I kind of missed because I think it went a little late, was Duffy blowing game two, right? So the Twins lose 3-2. Buxton had hit a home run to take – maybe they – what was it, final? 4-3 or – it was a one-run game, but Duffy blew the save. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of, again, like, man, it'd be pretty fucking nice to have Taylor Rogers right now to, like, at least give you something at the tail end here to be like, hey, we got ourselves into this position, like – here comes our guy. This this team doesn't have a guy. They've got Johan Duran, who might be that guy, but it's it's just like I that was a that could be like you look back and look at twenty twenty one where it was just like time and time again the guy that they brought in to be the guy blew the game for us and and put the twins in an early two week two weeks into the season. It was done for us last year because Every single time the game was tight going into that ninth inning, well, here comes trotting out of the bullpen is, you know, sleeper agent for the White Sox himself, blowing every single game, he who must not be named in flyover territory anymore, which, again, I was like, I, I recall that Woody being the nail in the coffin for the entire twin season was he had like three or four blown saves in the first two weeks last year. Yeah, yeah. And now you don't even have that guy to, like, trot out to be, like, He's our closer, and it's it's where baseball is this funny thing where so many times like you, you still even if he's not your closer closer who's going to be your guy that you're going to ask to be in those high leave leverage situations? Yeah, no, it's it, yeah I agree. It, in baseball, it's just so finicky, it's so weird. Pitchers are weird to begin with, and it's it's one of those things where it's like this has not worked in the past. You think about last year, you think about, you know, we referenced this a couple of times with Blake Parker or three years ago or whenever that was, where it's yeah. like, hey, we don't really know if he's the guy. We're just going to tell him he's the guy. And we're going to go with him until a set point. I actually like that strategy. What I don't like about it is they just use it way too long yeah. because they're like, yeah. they try to like, well, yeah, he sucks, but like the other guys also suck. So like at least he, and it's like, no, if he sucks, move to a different guy. And if that guy also like happens to suck, who cares? Like we already know the guy that you have in there is not doing it. Maybe change the scenery, kind of thing. Works out, but like we're just. Go- I don't like this. Oh, it's closer by committee. It's going to be situational. We're going to kind of see Duffy gets the first shot up. Blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be Duran. It's going to be the next guy up. You know, great. But like, I think it just it's it's a weird feeling when you never know when your name is going to be called out of that pen and for what reason. It's like, just got to stay ready. And I'm like, I don't think athletes are great at that with no track record. Yeah. It'd be one thing if we're out there with, like, Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell, and, like, Taylor Rogers, And we're telling those guys, stay ready because I don't know if you're the seventh inning guy, eighth inning yeah. guy, or ninth inning guy. There's just going to be some, like, mix-ups. Or, like, those teams that acquire, like, the second closer. Uh, I don't know why Bobby Jenks' name came to my mind. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, the team that acquires Bobby Jenks. Like, I don't even know if a team did that. Um 
But it was like the year that Boston acquired uh, Keith Folk, right, for an 04 kind of thing where it's like, uh, you're probably the closer, but, like, we also have a closer. Um, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, that's one thing. Like, we had two Think about Kimbrel last year with, with yeah. the White Sox. Yeah. Good, and the pickup is like, we're just. Exactly. Kimbrel and, and, yeah, and Hendricks, kind of same deal. Um, but, like, we don't have that. We have a bunch of guys that we, we don't even know, like, what they're supposed to be. Yeah. They don't know what they're supposed to be. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like, you just got to define roles. And if you don't do the job, not a big deal. Like, okay, it wasn't the right role for you. But at least you knew what you were doing. You can prepare for that. Right now they're preparing to be like, maybe I'm the fourth inning guy when Ober gives up fucking three straight home runs and is at 80 pitches through yeah. three and a third. Or maybe I'm the ninth inning guy. It's, it's, I don't it's know. crazy just because, like, with this logic, it just seems to be, like, so paper thin. Because then you're just we, – just, we're just going to have to, like, continue to go to get to know Derek Rodriguez or Danny Colomay. It's just like I'm looking at this – this this bullpen Woody and it's just like woof why I, it's just it's it's so uninspiring yeah. thoroughly uninspiring yeah. and I'm wondering too like this this because you're posing I feel like this like okay we're gonna give you your shot we're gonna we're gonna give you the moment we're gonna hand you the ball say that you're our guy we're gonna bring in for that Duffy Johan Duran how much does that how much do you do you create a space for that and when does that when do you lose that spot? When do you lose that opportunity if your name's Miguel Sano and you're 0 for 19 or we get two games through this Boston series and you're 0 for 25, 0 for 26? Like how 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 long of a of a lead does does Sano get? And I'm I'm just picking on Sano especially because if you say Buxton, Correa, Polanco, we're going to be our dudes. Like those guys, let's say, are supposed to win us the 75% of the games that we win are going to be a result of those three. Maybe let's throw Arias in there. But then we're like, we still depend on Miguel Sano, Gary Sanchez, Max Kepler, Gio Urshela to provide some degree of offense. Like, sure, hit 200, but hit 20 bombs for us. And, and I think that's like the same for Gary and Miguel. But if you can't even provide anything like I guess that question is like how much of a window of time how many at bats do you need to see how many games until you're just like that's it dude you 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 lost it like we don't got any time for space for that if we're going to be competitive and that might be the key point right there yeah and again it's not like this isn't age 25 season Miguel Snow we're at age 29 yeah and it's kind of like Gary Sanchez hey there's a reason that you're available for 24 million dollars of Josh Donaldson um, it's it's the old David Justice scene from Moneyball, where it's like, say, like, hey, you're paying me six million dollars to be here, so which was like a lot of money back then, supposedly. He's like, no, 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 the Yankees are paying half your salary. <laughs> that's how much they think of you. They're willing to pay you to play against them. It's like, it's the kind of like, it's like, hey, be pumped about Urshela, be pumped about Sanchez, be pumped about you know guys we acquired, but. I will say six games in, slightly too early. I mean, ideally, I'd like Sano to be, I don't know, give me two hits. <laughs> it's like, hey, not asking for too much here. But a little early to be like, okay, we need to get ready. But, like, again, the scary thing is, and this is this is like one of those old tricky GM kind of like, I'm going to get my guys played move. Um, like got play, t- play time for the guys I wanted to get play time for of. If the backups for those guys all are worse <laughs> or are not that good, yep. Yep. then there's less reason to, to abandon ship. And so it's one of those things of don't – when you're team building, don't acquire guys that are, can compete with the guys that you want to like do well. Because if you get to a point where Miguel Snow is instead of 0 for 19, he's 2 for 44 with 27 strikeouts, and you have a guy that's ready to go at first base who's like maybe a little bit of a journeyman, but like – Hey, you know, he's we've only given him like 18 at bats, but you know what he is? 5 for 18. Like I mean, it's not like Miguel Snow's winning a gold glove anytime soon. So like, hey, it's like if you don't want to do that, don't do it. And like who's going to play first base on this team? That's a great question. Um it's a bunch of converted outfielders that are going to replace him. Uh so it comes down to like, okay, here's guys that can play first base. Sano, I guess or Shella, Kirilov, Kepler, uh, Ken Larnick. I don't know if he can. Um, 
Aaron Sabato, I think, is batting like 150 <laughs> in single A. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so. this is where I was. I'm currently right on the the Saints AAA affiliate page right now, checking out rosters to see who they've at, you know like at least trotted out for the first base spot. But it, I mean, it was Kirloff, right? Yeah. That was kind of that was going to be the the bit was like we're going to give like Kirloff some time and some some games at first, and that's going to be like our nice little flexible piece we got in here. But well, guess what? Kirloff's one for 19 as well. So you're just like, well, shoot. Like, that hasn't panned out to this point. Oh, man. It's, yeah, exactly. It's like, look at it right now. Uh, Kirloff, seven strikeouts to Sano's nine. Um, both have, well, it's here. Kirloff has 17 at bats. Sano has 19. Uh, I believe Kirloff has one hit. And also, too, I mean, say what you want to say about Sano and sometimes how he just waves at pitches away from him and it's like, hey, he's clearly like teeing off on certain pitches. Like Kirilov has the exact same thing on the other side of the plate. Yeah. I yep. I'm I'm not I'm not obviously like a huge like expert on batting stances and like things you're working on and stuff like that, but Kirilov, man, like he's not gonna touch an outside pitch. Like anything on the outside third of the plate, he's gonna struggle to get to. He steps out in a way he already starts open. He looks scared. Like, and again, I'm not calling him scared. I'm just saying from like, take hit, take Kirillov out, and just say this is the batting guy. Blank, blank name, can't see the face, whatever. And you're just like, here's the batting stance he has. I'm like, this is like that guy when you're playing like rec league ball or high school ball or middle school ball or whatever, who's like doing the same thing because he doesn't want to get hit. You know, what I mean, you know those guys where it's like, hey, I'm gonna stand back away from the plate. I'm gonna open my stance. I'm gonna tell my coach to turn on the inside pitches, but it's really because like, hey, putting my ass in there. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to get hit like by by a pitch right now. And not saying that again. I don't think any major league baseball player really cares about getting hit, but it's like, it's it's such a weird looking stance. And you look at it, and it's just like, hey, man, like you're at where Cody Bellinger is now. Cody Bellinger has an MVP, a World Series ring, multiple Silver Sluggers. We know he can pop like 30 plus home runs. Uh, yeah, now he sucks now for whatever reason. But like, you don't have any of that stuff. Like, you just like decide like, oh, this is what Cody's doing. I'm also going to do the same thing. I there's just a lot of little things like that where it's and again, this is the let's figure this stuff out when he's 21, Dave. Why why are we waiting until he's 24? Yep. Like, get him out there and figure this stuff out early so we can say like, hey, maybe we should trade him for. Uh, Minea or for Montas from Oakland. Maybe yeah. we, that's the guy that, that we should send. And said, like, now nah, we're good. We're just going to sit on him. Your starting first baseman for the St. Paul Saints is Curtis Terry. Curtis Terry. 2015 13th round pick from the Rangers organization. And it's just like, again, like, it's like, I, I don't know. Woody, I think we, there's a lot of Twins fans out there that would have, like, entered into the season and been like, I don't love Miguel Snow on this team. Like we are, we are not the only ones. So again, to find yourselves like in this spot where you're shooting, you're like Kirloff's hurt. We're stuck with Snow, and we're gonna just like continue to see Miguel Snow for the next couple series because that's the only option. I'm trying to look up real quick the uh, the double A team. Maybe there's <laughs> someone. Um, so nope. With, with, Matt Walner. <laughs> is Matt Walner uh, a proud graduate of the uh, Forest Lake High School? Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. you're right on that. Yep. And then, <laughs> baseball reference, apparently not a first baseman. Apparently he is an outfielder and relief pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> he. So all of this is kind of like we've painted this very uh, gloomy picture, which I think is just maybe just influenced by the fact that we sat at Target Field for a 40-degree afternoon of baseball and are, are supremely influenced by that but Woody we're, we're gaze into your crystal ball here it's Thursday right now how are things looking midweek next week for you from what you've seen so far and knowing that we started this whole entire season's podcast off by you saying kind of like hey here's the ceiling they gotta get to and that there's a feasible chance they might get there so what are you seeing You know, I I thought we'd be three and three, and the way that Kershaw pitched, I think obviously changed that. And I think that again, like I said, it's early to be digging into the excuse book, but here we go. Um that Tuesday game was weird with the rain. It's a team you don't play. We don't play the Dodgers. Like it's just you know, it's like we're playing them for four games and then we're not gonna play them again for three more years. So it's it's they're loaded, they're good. 
we did battle back. We did split with the Mariners, who, again, are should be a playoff team this year. I'll be well, – I guess there's like three games with the with the Mariners that were above 50 degrees. But, again, most of this stuff is cold weather. It's not like we're built for cold weather either. I think that's like a, like a common misconception of like, yeah. oh, the Twins, they're used to cold weather. No, they're not. Yeah. They don't live in southern homes in the, in the winters. They don't have any idea what's going on. Four games against Boston? Yep. Three, three versus Kansas City? Yep. Was it four again? Yeah, three. So we get seven. Literally exact should be, I think there's a, a, a day off in there. So should have like six or seven games in. I'm thinking, I think we got we got to be four and three. I don't care where it comes. So if that means it's a sweep of the Royals and it's one and three against Boston, fine. Like, I, I, I don't care where it comes from. But also, probably more importantly, I need to see every single starter that goes throw we're stretching them out a little bit. I'm not asking for seven innings. All of them gotta get five. Yeah. And we all let's let's call it I will give you two of them. Two of them can get shelled. Don't even care. It can be ten runs, it could be north again, it's that north of four. But four of the six gotta be sub four runs given up in five innings. Like three or less. And again, I'm not asking for two or less. I'm asking for yeah. like you know, sub four. And I'll settle at four as a push. That's kind of where we gotta be. There's gotta be pitchers still doing what they're doing can go a little bit farther just get through five innings and then four and three and we're coming back i think that's i think we're right there then and that 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 still gives you enough faith to say like hey this this is still and again that's that's plenty of healthy regard for it being way too early to even consider that but at the same point in time that's a great point in time to like say well that's that's a series against kansas city that becomes kind of one of those like well you can't lose that you got to show up for for one or two of these games and that'll be a great chance too for us to like kind of like look around and see what's happening elsewhere in the al central as cleveland has found who's who's the kid who's like you know setting records for like on base percentage through his first uh four games here Stephen kwan yeah yeah kwan uh, yeah and that would be a good chance to like take a look come up for us to be like okay what have the tigers done where are the royals at where is this white Sox club because that you know everybody right now is two and four or one and you know nobody's nobody's but two weeks in, then you start seeing some like well four games is always tough to you can you can gain that back but five games six games those are different stories yeah I think we get to what so it will be four and th- so seven games there we've played six we had thirteen that's roughly eight percent of the season yep right so eight percent's a pretty good number of like hey we can kind of tell. At least where we're starting. Doesn't mean you can't fix it. Doesn't mean we can't get either back on track or off track for those teams winning. But again, it's like, yeah, it, it doesn't really, other than just pure speculation, just kind of fun to like go around the AL Central. None of these records mean anything yet, which is both a good thing for us and a bad thing for us because it's like, hey, we don't really know what, we're, what we have. But yeah. at the same time, we're not as bad as two and four, hopefully, right? Fingers crossed. But like, yeah, it's like Cleveland's not going to hold up. They're four and two. Chicago's four and one. But again, they got injuries now. Um, Kansas City, we expect to fall off, and it's Detroit. I think it, I f- might be flipping one, of them, but again, one of them is two and four with us. So it's like, hey, we don't really know. Um, plus, it's again, are there moves to be made June, July? So there's a lot out there still. But yeah, like I said, it's we're gonna be at that like seven, eight percent of the season mode or point at at at, at the end of this Royal series. That that's enough to be like there is a trend established. What are we going to do to either continue it, hopefully, or what are we going to do to hopefully curb that one and get back on track to where we should be going? Yeah. Which, like we mentioned with the snow first baseman issue, there's not a lot of help internally coming. Nope. Right? And it's like, and if there is, he plays the same position as a $35.1 million guy, and that's not really a feasible thing. Oh, by the way... We also have our other shortstop playing left field, so that doesn't really you – know, it's just like there's one guy that can maybe come and help us, and it's like if we're counting on Royce Lewis to be the savior of your 2022 <laughs> season guy, hey, we would both love it. It'd be great. It's not we're, – we're in some trouble. Like, we're in some trouble if that's the thing. And, and I uh, – there are two one and five clubs in the AL Central, and they are right on cue with the Orioles. Much love for Baltimore and then the Rangers also. But I think they won – tonight i believe so so th- this was you're, you're way too early things just went final in detroit which puts uh a four and two 
Cleveland Guardians at the top of the AL Central with the White Sox also holding out a 4 and 2 record. Tigers 3 and 4, Twins 2 and 4, Royals 2 and 4. So much to be learned in the next 7 days. So, Woody, the the last thing that, you know, we were sitting there watching Clayton Kershaw pitch and I think you you were spot on. You said like, I think we're watching the third greatest left-handed starter pitcher ever to play baseball. Ever. Which, which again, it's like from a baseball perspective, like hell of a great game for us to go to, to have a good time and like look up. ESPN has a has a list of this with your guy Madison Baumgartner as number 10. But it's ahead of Kershaw, Colfax, and Randy are the two ahead of him, yep. which we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast today was kind of like, I feel like Kershaw's this like end of a kind of an era of like a workhorse dude that's going to win an automatic first ballot Hall of Famer. So I pulled up active leaders and wins in Major League Baseball. So these are guys currently playing baseball. And number, just for just for reference, Woody, number 24 on the list wears the Minnesota Twins uniform with 82 wins is the number 24 in baseball right now, Sonny Gray. So I'm wondering, there are five guys here at the top of this list and I'm wondering you know if you can place Kershaw on that top five where does he fit top five currently as we've also said like this dude is the number three greatest all-time left-handed pitcher in baseball history so where does he sit right now in the top five active win leaders this is kind of misleading because Kershaw's win-loss is weirdly not yeah. great, which yeah. is, is true for most lefties because Koufax has this issue too mm-hmm. of he's like, I pitched, he pitched basically like 10 seasons. And it's just, he was just so dominant for like six of them. And then Randy, obviously the longevity, but like, um, it's just different. Current wins leader. So I just, just throwing names out that I feel yep. like are in this ballpark. It's got to be Verlander, Scherzer. The problem is older pitchers. Um, There's a couple of great names on this list that, that I'm just just not even <laughs> thinking about. Uh, so Woody's got two of the top five so far. So yeah. we've got you throw Kershaw's in there. Yep. So you got two more names you got to come up with, and then you got to place where Kershaw's in in that oh, group. Oh man, the other two, God, they just got to be just junk. Jer- they can't be journeymen, can they? No, no. Okay, okay. One of them, one of them just had a sweet, sweet homecoming. Sweet, sweet homecoming with an AL Central team this season. Oh, Zach. So Zach Greinke. Yeah, that that's a good one. Yep. And then the other one is always forgotten about, and they're always fucking there. He's always with like, like it's just seven. The problem is, it's like how many like thirty four plus year old pitchers there are yeah. this is he's number five on this list with 185 wins 185 always there so he's had to have pitched since like oh is it uh is it wainwright yep yeah yep yeah see yep holy he, crap wainwright has pitched since 2005 woody yeah which which again you're like th- this is like i i'm why are we impressed by that but that's but, that's a hell of an accomplishment yeah. like any career number six on the list is david price but it's a steep drop off from like 185 for Wainwright. Yeah. David Price is 155, followed by our guy, might have been, could have been. Didn't he sign with the White Sox now? Johnny Cueto. Did he? Because he didn't. He didn't get signed all spring, right? Yeah. And then I thought they just I saw that in. he got picked yeah, up here. Johnny Cueto. I. To answer your question, Kershaw's four on that list, right? Kershaw is number. Four on that list. Yeah. Yes. With 186 wins. Yeah. One game ahead of Adam Wainwright. Scherzer with 192. Mm-hmm. Greinke has 219. And Verlander has 226. So the, the, those five guys are automatic first ballot Hall of Famers. Like, is Wainwright? I, I'm just, this is like, it's just a wild thing to think about. Like, then you go down this list, it's Price, it's Cueto, it's Madison Bumgarner, it's Garrett Cole. It's Lance Lynn. It's Chris Sale. It's Steven Strasburg. It's Cannibal Sanchez with 112. Charlie Morton, Rich Hill, Corey Kluber. Not Rich Hill, sorry. Uh, Corey Kluber. And then Ian Kennedy. Like, it's just 
man, baseball, like, here's your issue. Wainwright, you said, 05. So this is year 17. I don't, sometimes your math works weird. So it might be year 18. Uh, he only, he averages like 11 and a half wins per season, right? And he's, you know, he's fifth. It's like, guys that used to average 11 and a half wins per season, like, didn't get past year 12 because no one wanted him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, that's a huge, you know, the same thing with like Verlander. He's like low, you know, 220s or something like yeah. that. It's like, I, Verlander should, Verlander in any other era of baseball would be a 300 win pitcher. He would be. And he's not close. He lost like two and a half years plus the last year. So it's like he lost a bunch of years plus those down years in Detroit. But like, it, Scherzer kind of the same thing. Remember Scherzer and Verlander were on the same team too to start mm-hmm. like both young too? Yep. Like incredible. Yep. But like these guys, just it's weird that they don't. And again, Scherzer, I would expect has three to five years left. Let's say he, if he averages ten wins a season on that, he's that's another fifty. So we at two forty, two fifty. I think it's feasible for him to get to two sixty plus. I would argue the only first ballot Hall of Famers on there are Scherzer and Kershaw, because Verlander's not. Gonna, I don't think Verlander's going to get first ballot because he's going to be too much linked to Houston stuff. And like the steroid spider tack thing. And then you're going to look at Wainwright. Is he a Hall of Famer? Compared to other Hall of Famers, he's not. No. But compared to his era, he might be. But it's like it's like him and Chris Carpenter, I feel like, have just been in St. Louis forever. Yeah. Like I said, just bare, like, yeah. oh, Wainwright's still pitching? Oh, he won 17 games last year? Yeah. Holy crap. You know, after yeah. injury disappears, comes back. I, I, I'm, it, one of those interesting pieces with these are like, what are their playoff postseason mm-hmm. records. Yeah. And, and Wainwright has two titles. Does he even have 11? He has got one World Series six, ring, right? 06. And he did not pitch. Was he a reliever in 06? One win, three games. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, there's that, there's not like a marquee moment of like this dude showed up exactly. and won two World Series. Either. And that's so, and that's gonna be his issue. And again, I don't, I don't. It's so tough. He it, he should have had. To, he was almost forced to retire like five years ago. Yeah. So really, he should be at like 150 ish wins. And again, I think he's a really great pitcher. But but there's just and it's this, so so if this is it. the case. Like you're looking at. We've said the top five active win leaders in baseball. There's mm-hmm. two of them that are automatic first ballot Hall of Famers, yep. or or automatic Hall of Famers, maybe is what we should say. Maybe Verlander's on that list too. Yeah, Verlander like, and Greg will get in. I just, no, yeah, no, nobody yeah. else. Woody is like, who's the youngest guy on that list? And like, what does baseball have to look forward to in terms of like, this dude is the future of you know like, Trevor Bauer ain't the future of anything anymore. But even though Bauer's like thirty one or thirty two now, yeah, it's just like maybe thirty three. Who, who who's gonna be like? I, I just look around and you're kind of like, who do you get excited about? Like Barrios isn't like a like a he's not a young dude anymore too. I'm just oh. like there's there's nobody. Yeah, and, it, and we're we're entering into this like stretch where if you look around the league and there's nobody like, what's Woodruff gonna get you? Was like there's a couple. Milwaukee's a great example of like a great starting rotation, but those guys are. What those are those those guys are a classic five to seven year like holy crap those guys are really like good and then for that. and then they're one thing away from like like Dontrell Willis comes to mind of like yeah and then he just kind of sucked like could he be a Wainwright Carpenter kind of like oh man and he just hung around hung around hung around guy sure but like look at even David Price who we thought was what maybe the the best at the time like him and Kershaw the best lefties in baseball from yeah. starting pitching and and. He's been like he's a nobody at this yeah. point. I, so I, that's what I'm. I'm. I'm really interested in this like idea of like, well, who's who's riding to baseball's rescue from a standpoint of being like the guys. Like, think mm-hmm. back in the '90s or early 2000s. Like, we had Clemens for all of like. There's much consideration for Clemens in terms of like what you have to what you have to process with him. But like Randy, yeah, and a lot of these guys pitch until their 40s yeah, to get to 300. Just, so that you know, Kershaw, the Scherzer kind of part of it. I think Scherzer's 37, so he'll get to his 40s, but he'll get close-ish. And, he, again, he had some years there on the front end that he couldn't get started. But, again, like, Kershaw was supposed to be the one because he started when he was 20. He's a lefty with great, great Gives movement stuff. Gives me thinking stuff. about Strasburg, too. Strasburg was also supposed to be the one. And, you know, you know, Strasburg went to college, but he came and pitched that. 
you know, I, I remember watching that. That was must-see TV. Yeah. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. I think it was 2007, 2009, one of those two. 2010. Okay, yeah, 2010, where it's like, this is must-see TV to see Steven Strasberg's debut. I think he struck out 15, didn't he? It was something crazy. And it's like, holy crap, he's still in 98, 99. He has a wipeout, like, slider curve. I, I couldn't tell you which one, which is like, where it's just like high 70s, low 80s. He's got a two-seamer in the mid-90s, like great movement, and a changeup. That's not deadly, but you know, he throws it. It's like, this guy is incredible. And then just injury, 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 injury. But, I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's just nobody. And will we ever see another 300-win pitcher? It, there doesn't seem to be any possibility of that. He'd have to start at 20 or 21. And then, again, by that first big contract after the six years of arbitration, they usually have to be around that, like, 80 wins kind of mark. And then be a 15, you have to win 15 games a year for 20 straight seasons to get to 300. That's just not just not feasible. So with with all this, like, as we walk through this, and you're kind of like, but you still need to have somebody throw the ball over the plate mm-hmm. and get three outs every single inning. Like, that hasn't, no matter how much they want to change the game or add or subtract to it, put the shift back in, like, outlaw the, whatever, you still need somebody to take that ball and throw it over the plate to mm-hmm. get outs. That, that's still like half of the fucking game and like we've said like some of these teams that have won titles are led by either the Dontrell Willis like flash the plan guy that can't be hit for a year and a half or has Scherzer or mm-hmm. has Verlander and guys that can go out and just be that stud that horse in that like old kind of like Jack Morris way yeah but you're like I it, are we are like how how did it happen in the in past years? How how did every single team have guys like that? Or maybe it's like also at the time like the Burt Blylevens of the world were were truly unique and deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. It's just kind of like that to me is this this huge like if we know so much more about the human body if we're so much better able to take care of it and and get these guys through that. Why don't we have that? Is it just because we've asked the the human body to do too much, like throw that hard and that for that duration of their careers and that time. It's just, yeah. it's it's weird to think about like baseball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As Alcides Escobar takes a shot to the nuts from a pickoff move from, Hey, Brubaker, that was the guy I thought we were going to trade for this year. That's hilarious. Oh boy. Oh, that's tough. Uh, so like, what, what was that? What does that mean for the entire game? Yeah. If you're, if you're missing like that element of the Randy Johnson's or like much what must watch pitching. Yeah. And Shohei is like kind of I, – I turned on the game tonight just to watch him sure. pitch. Sure, He got kind of shelled and like didn't look like that dominant, but you got to re- give like huge respect for that guy. I, I would – I want to see guys that strike out 12 guys in a game. Now, I wish more than anything else like that guy was on my team, but I'll tune in. I'll, I'm interested in watching top-end pitching. But if, if it's just hard to like know from year to year who's going to be the Brandon Woodruff for the season, like – that's a tough sell, I feel. Yeah. No, that's a good point. And maybe that's like the, the – And maybe that's just like the old school baseball yeah. kind of like person in me. Yeah. Yeah. I it It's tough to say it's going to take a guy that can throw mid to high 90s and then reinvents himself when he needs to. Yeah. And we haven't really seen that yet, right? Outside sure. of Granky. Yeah. But who's – far and away from it this seems like it's kind of last year too he goes back to kansas city and kind of thing like that and you know good for him he's gonna have a great career and again he probably is a hall of famer but yeah it's gonna be a guy that you know like you look at scherzer he still has it and maybe there's hope for him on the back end maybe max is one of those guys that pitches till he's 45 and hits it like that's the thing it's like clemens pitched until his mid 40s and again there's stuff there that definitely <laughs> attributed to that and then you know randy johnson same thing but again randy at the end of it was throwing low to mid 90s you know, slider that was still pretty nasty, but it's more like eh, it's weird to hit against a six ten lefty. Yeah, and that was like, but that's what he's like. Hey, I don't throw ninety nine to a one one anymore. Um, I'll live with this. I'll probably develop like a cut fastball kind of thing to get by, and it's just gonna be tough. It doesn't matter if I'm forty three. Um, so we it, we're gonna need that. It's it, and it's it, but it's like guys like Kershaw. Where it's like, are we gonna let Clayton Kershaw? Is Clayton Kershaw gonna let himself? Go out there throwing eighty four. I don't think so. No, it's and that's the thing where it's like yeah. you're just gonna have guys that don't do it. I I don't know. Um, I, there probably is another three hundred win pitcher, but 
the other lefty I was like, oh, he might be in the top four is, is literally Lefty Grove. Lefty Grove, 300 wins on the dot, 141 losses, but he started 457 games. He basically had a decision in every game. So it's like the dude was a 680 win percentage. Like it's just that kind of it's, – it's freakish stuff like that. You know, he pitched six, 17 years. Like no one's going to let him. And again, he like he won thirty one games, twenty eight games, twenty four, twenty four. Those are never happening. He won twenty five games one year and didn't even lead the league in wins. Like, it's just gonna be tough. And it's one of those unfortunate things where it's like this might be gone. Yeah. And yeah, like, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. I, it's, I, I'm I'm just looking at like a just a one list. Jack Flaherty's still under twenty five, which okay. is kind of like okay, okay. But it it's like so another Trevor Rogers, Logan Webb. Julio Arias. <laughs> that's the thing, Freddy too. Peralta. Yeah, it's like, like we're also, like, creating of... heroes out of guys that shouldn't be heroes. So, like, <laughs> that, that, that's also, like, part of this, this too, where it's like, I don't want <laughs> – I have nothing against Logan Webb. I don't want fucking Logan Webb to be a guy. And chasing 300 <laughs> with Logan, 43-year-old Logan Webb for the Pittsburgh Pirates or whatever. It's like, I don't want that. Yeah. I want no part of that. And like, I, I love that as that kind of point, like, just to bring us all the way around. And this is – you know, we, we've both watched a little bit of winning time. And you're mm-hmm. kind of like we we put we we make these guys heroes and yeah. then we lose sight of that. But just to just to have us stop and come up for here on the larger like, what are we doing here? Like yeah, yeah. breaking down if Lucas Gill is gonna be the the guy. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a good place to jump off. And uh, I'll hold up hey, our Jorge Polanco singular hey. twin out of our heritage there you box. Go. There that you go. We sat it's over a good picture. And maybe a high number. Kyle Gibson, but oh, oh. Man, you just can't for value. You can't beat the twenty dollars blaster box no. from Target. Of no, I'm surprised it's still twenty. <laughs> Might have been twenty five. Good for you, Tops. <laughs> well, with that, well, hopefully we get more into some some, some ripping and packs here, and as the season progresses, and it's always that hope that we can kind of hold back on the uh, the baseball talk as long as possible, or sorry, the the card talk, which yeah. means the Twins are doing well. Yep. But hey. <laughs> we'll see how it so goes. Far, so yeah, so far so so. <laughs> uh, any last words here? See you in a week. See you in a week. Well, yeah, we'll try to get up again. We'll get we'll we'll give them all seven games. I think we'll give them a fair shot. Get this road stand underway, and then uh, four and three, great. If we're uh, three and four, we'll be able to again maybe dive back into that excuse book. But if it's uh, two and five, it's gonna be. Uh, Alarm bells yeah. ringing. It's a rough one, rough time. But uh, yeah, for for Dave's morning, it's been Fly with Territory podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Ah!